forever. Dog. Rose and Jamie are two best friends, and they love sex and the city. And they couldn't help but wonder, do you love it too? Carrie, Miranda, Samantha, Charlotte, Cosmos, Crunchies, so many dudes. Every single dude, all the dudes. And we couldn't help but wonder. With Jamie Lee and Rose Cerno. I'm Jamie Lee. And I'm Roy Soynoise. Oh no, Rose Cerno. <laughs> and this is... Couldn't, Couldn't help, help but wonder. wonder. A podcast where we talk about sex in the city and how it relates to, to us. Oh. Hi, girlfriend. Hey, girlfriend. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Gal, I'm so happy to see you. I'm likewise. I'm feeling likewise. Are you feeling likewise? I am feeling deeply likewise. Uh, who were you this week? Um, Great question. I must say, so this game gets a little harder mm. because sometimes... That's why it's great. I know. It's a really hard, it's actually challenging, challenging game. It's like Magic the Gathering, but with words. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> oh, yes. Magic the Gathering. Um, I think I was Samantha mm -hmm. because I feel extremely empowered and confident. Oh, <laughs> oh, Brush your shoulders off. I know. Um, I, you know, Jamie and I are besties. We talk on the phone all the time. So the, some of this news is not new to you, but it'll be new to listeners. No, and also, like, I'm a little dense. So sometimes I need to hear things a couple of times to, like, really let it seep into my brain. Well, it's going to seep in. Okay, let so it seep. I try not to talk too much about my dating life on this podcast only because I'm currently dating someone and I don't want them to feel like they're on blast or yeah. that I'm, like, exposing our relationship. But... What I will share about it is my part. So, like, it's private for him, and then, like, I'm sharing my part. I think that's beautiful. Yeah, and what I what's making me very happy and confident right now is I was having a hard time expressing my feelings, which I've always had in every romantic relationship. Uh, I usually just wait till I'm really angry and explode or have a drink and then do it while I'm crying. Mm -hmm. So not exactly what you would call, quote-unquote, the healthiest way of expressing your feelings. No. And I've been working with my but male. But also very relatable. Yeah, I think most people are yeah. terrified. But just because it's relatable doesn't mean it's good. And I, like, have been seeing this therapist that I love who's a man, which is really cool. That just helps me. And he was like, you need to practice sharing your feelings in a calm, rational way, not making it a huge deal. You don't have to have a talk. Right. But he's like, because it's so hard for you to say what you need, you need to start doing it ASAP. So I started small and we had dinner this week and I waited until we were like, we had a great dinner. We were back at my house. We were playing with a dog. We were both really calm and in a good mood. Mm -hmm. And then Dogs I, help with that. Yeah, you're just, it's like timing is everything when you're bringing up talks. Like, don't bring it up after somebody just sat in traffic an hour to come see you. Like, wait right, until right, you guys right. are chill. And I brought it up. I was really chill. I was really casual. I just said that I really appreciate making plans earlier. I don't like making plans last minute. And... Um, I just said my piece in a really calm way. And, and, um, since then we've talked and we're hanging out this weekend and I feel oh, like you a, are, I feel like a Great. new person. I, I literally feel so free now. And I told him, I was like, 
What I don't want to feel is that there's something that I'm hiding that's rattling around in my head that I'm not expressing because then I'm going to act like a freak. If I can say what's on my mind, then I'm happy and present and then I'm a good partner. And, yeah. and I kind of just have this incredible confidence now where I'm like, if somebody doesn't want that, then goodbye. And if they do, awesome. But like, I got to be me, not like sharing every little thought totally within reason, reasonable asks. But I think it's reasonable to ask somebody you've been hanging out with for a bit over a month that like you would like to make plans earlier. And I think he's taken it well. And I just feel like a new woman. I just feel like, wow, I can do anything. I just feel so confident. Yeah. I think that once you say your piece, even if the result is not what you were hoping for, which in this instance it is, you're hanging out again. I think it's it's really nice to just have it purged from your body because the way you described it is like so spot on, just that like rattling around in your head to the point where you're like, I don't have room for the other thoughts that I need to keep my life going, like my work thoughts and my friendship thoughts, because everything is just dominated by this like speech essentially that you feel like you need to give. And it starts to feel more and more like this like monologue triumph the longer you don't just say it. It turns into like this dramatic spiel when in reality it's really just a, hey, maybe we make plans on a Wednesday as opposed to like a Friday evening. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And I I also feel like because I'm not used to doing this, I'm so overly proud of myself because I'm like, wow, because I was so calm and I gave him a lot of compliments and I was really positive reinforcing and I said it in a really chill way, he took it really great. And I'm like, God, if you just say things, the way you say things makes the biggest difference. Yes. Yeah. And also, you know, the undertone of wanting to have that talk is I really like you. And, and this I said is, that. yeah, and you did say that, which is great. And also, it's just a level of like showing your investment uh, without saying, I'm investing in you. You're like, no, I care enough to let you in on how my thought process works, which is a level of vulnerability. And I do think that vulnerability is hot, even when it's like you're talking about something that feels kind of like practical yeah. and like it feels like admin essentially. Yeah. Oh my God, he used that word. He did? He's like, he said that he was like, yeah, I just want to make sure there's like a balance of like admin and then also like just like having fun and keeping it loose. Yeah. Interesting. Which is really funny and totally fair. I mean, everyone gets to have their feelings, but I think what I'm learning about myself is this to me is fun. I know like no guy is going to be like talking about our feelings and like negotiating, but to me it feels really good to be honest. And like, yeah. And it also makes the, it deepens the relationship. Even if he's perceiving it as admin, which I, I it's such a guy thing. It's it fine. Is, yeah, it's fine. Let's, let's let that I'm not, happen. not worried about it. Yeah. Um, but it is, even if it's you sort of initiating these conversations, the result is going to be the same for both of you, which is it deepens your connection, whether it's like you're kind of pulling him into that deepness. Yeah. It's still deepening. Yeah. And I've noticed that he's starting to share more how he's feeling, even if it's fears about like, I don't know what this is yet. And I'm like, totally, we're just figuring it out. Like, I'm glad that he's expressing himself. All I know is that whether it's romantic work, personal friends, if you keep something inside, like an old therapist once told me, you cannot say how you feel, but it's going to come out. It it's going to come out no matter what. Yeah. And it might be like a really ugly. Yes. Puke. Yes. And like, you cannot say how you're feeling, but you're going to act a certain way. And people yeah. aren't idiots. Like, can I just give you a quick compliment, which is that you are one of my, the few friends I have where I feel like if I'm 
stressed about something or upset about something or whether it's rational or not, I never have a fear of like, this is going to ruin us. And that's a really special bond because when you, you know, you choose your friends and friendship is an investment and it is a chosen investment. And it's also a chosen, it's a choice to leave that or, or keep it going. And I like, I, I think that in being friends with you, I have felt more confident and like, okay, I can like show kind of like whatever my dark side or my uglier side. And I don't feel like you're going to be like, well, fuck you then. Like I always am like, oh no. And that's part of the reason why I'm like really happy to do this podcast together. I'm almost crying. I'm not even kidding. That makes me feel really It's a huge, it's a, it's a really, it's not an easy thing. And it's not a lot. It's not a quality that a lot of, especially, well, I don't want to gender, make it gender specific, but I don't feel like in my, all of my female friendships that I am allowed to fully be like, this is how I'm feeling right now. And with you, obviously within reason, I'm not going to like, you know, dump my emotions on (laughs) you every five seconds, but I do feel like you would take it. Well, I love you. You might push back, but you would hear it. And that's huge. You just made my heart expand 10 times. I love you. This is so magical. Okay, gal, who were you this week? Okay, so, you know, I didn't I don't really I didn't really glean any, you know, special uh, lessons in communication. This week I was a Charlotte because I, okay, so I'm, I'm writing on a show, which I've definitely mentioned in previous podcasts, um, and the whole staff, the, so the show is a sort of loosely about, um, English football, soccer. And so, uh, most of the writers on the staff, none of us self-included really, we're not big sports people. I was going to say perfect fit for you. I know exactly. Well, I was very clear in my interview, like guys, if you're, if you're looking for someone who like understands like even what a goal is like you know like I, I barely know what a ball is to be honest I've heard cleats thrown around a lot um yeah I was just like I'm not your girl then but I can you know you know help you out with like characters and dynamics and that kind of thing so that's more my role but anyways as a team building exercise we all went to an LAFC soccer game which um is in a you said you were going to soccer game I was like what? I know you were like that is so not your personality um but we went on like a party bus and it was really fun we were like drinking on the bus and then we like got to the stadium and it was this it's not Dodger Stadium obviously I mean again knowing me I'm like is it a Dodger Stadium it's like bitch that's for baseball like not even in the same realm but it was in this stadium that's at USC that is very um it's just very like crisp and clean the whole sporting event was just very lovely it was like almost I've never been to a tennis match but kind of in that realm where you're just like kind of elegant yeah it felt a little elevated great um and it was just again the stadium was clean the bathrooms were clean like it was just some drinks and yeah and I felt like Charlotte because I I was very hangry when I arrived um, because I hadn't really uh, eaten properly earlier in the day so I was like well I'm like saving up to fucking go all out at this game and like you know order all the things Really, my thought process was I'm not going to be invested in the game. So I have to keep coming up with reasons to get food to just give me something to do for the next two hours. Love the plan. So, yeah. But I actually ended up really enjoying the sport, which was really shocking. A shock to the system. I haven't recovered. Um, I I don't know who I am anymore. But I'm like, I would go to another game. Like just the two of us. I'm not even kidding. It's so I know. Right. I'm wearing a jersey (laughs) and a a beanie and a a scarf. They have like all their merch is like I just like that. She's part of the merch. The merch is they do have scarves which is fun you know have you seen those scarves you know i'm talking about like for soccer 
they're like they have the team's name sort of like embroidered on. If you them. start wearing soccer scarves, I know. Well, I mean, that's I'm what I'm having saying. an intervention. I know, I know, it's too much. You it would can't be, too be much. on this fashionable podcast. No, wearing a soccer scarf, I know, but scarves are great no matter who they're for, anyways, um, or what they represent. But um, the reason I felt like a Charlotte was because okay, so I I enter the stadium and we're in a group and I'm like, guys, I love all of you, but like I got a beeline to the fucking Bloodsoes barbecue stand, which <laughs> I I looked up in advance because I was like, what are going to be my food options? I need to know. So I had to blood sows and intense name i okay so they have like they had like four menu options one was like a pulled pork sandwich there was like a brisket sandwich and i am gluten free so i couldn't have that so i was like oh i'll get the rib tip plate oh girl and i step up and (laughs) i was like can i get two rib tip plates and i saw that everything was being served on actual plates and i was like can i just get one plate but like double the meat and i had this like one plate double the meat yeah and i had this thing with the guy (laughs) and he was like okay and i was like and also can i get sauce on the side and then like his manager came over she's like we we have to give you two plates and i'm like i don't understand why that needs to happen but okay and then they were like we don't do sauce on the side and i was just kind of if i felt like charlotte because i feel like i could just see charlotte at sort of like a rough and tumble sports event being like can i get sauce on the side and it was in that moment that i realized like oh i'm the problem like you just order the thing james you're not in a goddamn restaurant you're not you're not at fucking catch in beverly hills there's no amendments to the menu just take it as is and go to your seats and have fun with people like stopping such an only child in this moment so yeah you're like i have a lean cut and i know could you cut it up in really small pieces for me and it came with mac and cheese and i was like I'm not going to eat this. Do you guys want this? And they're like, just take Jamie? the mac and cheese. I know I was so difficult. I was like, I am the worst version of myself you right like now. You thought you were at Erewhon. I was like holding up the line. <laughs> I know I was acting like I was like, yeah, at Whole Foods. Wait, Jamie, that's hilarious. It was ridiculous. They're like, it's a fucking barbecue yeah. joint. They're like, have like joint behavior. Like you're, you're, act like you're at a joint, not like a fancy joint schmance. behavior. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, do you guys have kombucha on tap? They're like, get out. Yeah. They were like, throw yourself into an abyss. You don't deserve to live. Jamie, I do like that you're this delicate little beautiful gal. And you're like, I'll get two tri-tip plates. Like, okay, Jamie. She might not eat gluten, but she needs pounds of meat. I'm trying to up my protein quotient. Well, now that you're like literally like a WWF bodybuilder. even? Now it's WWE. Sorry to correct. Now that you're a sports head. I know. Now that I'm a sports head, let me just lay down the law and tell you the terms. Okay, soccer scarf. I know. Actually, they had this really cute sweatshirt um, that I'm mad that I didn't buy because it looked like a typical hoodie, but actually the neck was cowl. And I was like, now we're speaking my lang. But I didn't buy it. I should have. A cowl necked hoodie? I don't know, Jamie. I'm you're you're throwing me for loops. I can't take it. <laughs> I'm glad well, you I just had like a hearty man laugh just then. <laughs> I sound like someone who pounds ribs. Girl, there's tips, a... rib tips. She's got a lot of sides to her. Gal, should we jump into the episode? Okay, I suppose. Just kidding. We're ready. Let's do it. Okay, this episode is, it's season one, episode eight. It's titled Three's a Crowd. Just a quick disclaimer. If you're just tuning into the pod for the first time, we are uh, recapping, dissecting, analyzing the show from the beginning of the series. So 
feel free to go back to episode one and listen in order with us. Or if you're just like, whatever, I'm a, you know, veteran sex in the city head. I know every episode inside and out and I will uh, just go with you on your journey today. That's fine too. But just throwing that out there if you want to start from the beginning. Okay. So three's a crowd. The episode kicks off with Charlotte meeting a dude she's psyched about. They locked eyes at a benefit and that was that she was a smitten kitten and one night in bed they share their fantasies with each other charlotte wants to own her own gallery and maybe a little cottage in maine and her dude wants to have a threesome so funny which charlotte famously brings up to the core for over brunch the next day roll it i've never done a threesome because you have relationships well i've never done a threesome oh come on of course you haven't you want a threesome you won't even wear a thong Jack thinks I'm sexy. He's just buttering you up. First you start thinking you're hot, then he brings up the threesome thing. Boom, suddenly you're kissing another woman while he beats off. Please, just make sure that the other woman isn't a friend. Use somebody random, you know, somebody you meet in a bar or something. That's romantic. No, I think that I'd feel safer with a friend, with, with someone I could trust, like Carrie. Oh, gee, I'm flattered, but, um, I'd go with someone who has a little more experience, like Sam. Well, thanks, but there is something sexy about a first-timer like Charlotte. Really? Mm -hmm. Oh, great. No, forget about me. Oh! Oh. Fucking Miranda. (laughs) I know. Poor Miranda. But can I just kick this off with, I am truly shocked that Charlotte would prefer having a threesome with one of her friends. Like, that sounds like a nightmare to me. Am I crazy? I would not want to have a threesome with a friend over maybe not a random person that I meet in a bar, but I definitely wouldn't be like, hey, Rose, like, let's do this together. Gal, never a friend. How How is that the consensus it's almost like a of sister. this? It's horrific. It's a little horrific. And also it has ripple effects because it's not like that's going to be an isolated incident. Then you see your friend. Then you see your friend with the dude you're with and you're all hanging out and you're like, oh, we've all fucked before. It sounds like a logistical nightmare. I'm totally with you. I mean, I, I'm I think, shocked by this. Shocked by it. Well, there's so many. Shocked. Fu- Shocked, terrified. <laughs> Jamie, we can't have a threesome because then the next time we get on the pod, we're going to be like, hey, how was your week? <laughs> Good. Well, who are you this week? Um, Sip of deep coffee. In your, like, full face in your crotch. Um, I just think there's so many funny things about this. First of all, Miranda cracks me up so hard. She's like, first you start thinking you're hot. I'm like, you don't think you're hot? Like, I know. They start making, like, she's like, oh, he's this is like, oh, he's just buttering up. He, I, he well, thinks you I'm should hot. think you're hot. Right. Like, you're dating. Right. She's like, then all of a sudden you start thinking you're hot. I'm like, Jesus, Miranda, get your self-esteem out of the toilet. Her self-esteem is so low this whole episode, which we're oh. obviously going to get into. So I need to ask you, have you had a threesome? I mean, take a wild guess, Jamie. No. Uh, no, I feel like... Oh, I'm... Okay, I was a little, like, maybe. Like, not current, not recent, but, right. like, college. Because I feel guilty some in some ways, like, co-hosting this podcast, because I'm kind of a Charlotte. It's like... No, you're not a Charlotte. You're actually a Carrie. Carrie hasn't done anything. But, I haven't really done much, guys. Well, neither I've has just Carrie. done the basics. No, Carrie's a basics. Yeah, I'm basic. But she writes about sex, which is confusing, because it's like, well, she, does, she really needs her friends to tell her about sex, because she doesn't have crazy sex. Same. Have you ever had a threesome? No, and... Honestly, I've had zero desire. Now, if it was pitched to me in such a way that it was going to be 
You know, if we, we've been together long enough and maybe we mutually met someone who is putting out vibes, I would be like, interesting. But I don't know that I would put out the vibes myself. I think I would have to kind of be almost like um, like when you hear the term like knocked up, I would have to be like the equivalent of that where it's like, like somebody punches you out. Yeah, you're like kind blocked of, out. Yeah, it kind of just throws it my way. And then I'm like, oh, I guess that's my new reality that I have to deal with. So, guys, if you're interested in Jamie in a, in a kinky kind of way, you just kind of have to like jump out of the bushes or something. Yeah, just yeah, just scare me with wanting to hook up. Uh, that would really that would really do it for me. But yeah, if I did it, I would I would probably want it to be honestly a stranger sounds kind of great. I initially said you know, maybe an acquaintance or someone I, I don't know well, but a quainty, a little quaint, a, a little quaint, a little cue. Um, but I just think the more anonymous, the better. But that's what sucks is that we're living in an age where like, what does anonymous even mean anymore? Like, even if it was like we hooked up one time, then like, I don't know what, what if my partner like goes and like finds them on social media and like starts a connection with them. Like, I think that it's just really hard to set your ego aside. And that makes me feel really square that I can't get over the hurdle of like, oh, I can't I can't I have to like take all the attention from my partner. Like, why can't I? you know, divvy that up and share with someone else. I don't know. I know exactly how you feel because it is kind of marketed that like, if you don't want to have a threesome and if you don't want to be polyam polyamorous, you're a square. But, and even though I feel that myself, the counter argument to that is like, sorry, I'm such a square that I like have emotions. And like, also if I was ever to have a threesome, I would want to be the third in a couple because I am way too jealous to see my partner. Like, hooking up with some hot girl that's not me it would yeah, or, exactly. or a hot guy even like exactly. i truly never want to see someone i'm in love with hooking up with someone else even if i'm there i would be like like if he even kissed her i would be like weeping in the corner it would be a threesome them hooking up and me crying that's how i that's hilarious and that's how i feel as well although in practice who knows like really like uh -oh. if we really strip it down and we're like okay Yes, my fear is that I, if I wasn't the focus, I would start to feel jealous. And, you know, what if I was worried that they were going to, like, carry on a relationship now without me or something like that? But if you really think of it and you're like, okay, like, we're actually, like, getting naked and, like, this is about to happen, it could be kind of hot and maybe you suspend all of that stuff. You know what? I would assign her the stuff I didn't want to do. I'm like, I would definitely you have a checklist. Make him, yeah. You make him, you can give him a blow job, but you cannot kiss him. You can give him a blow job. You can tickle his balls. You can lick his asshole and then I'll do the other stuff. That's more fun. Yeah. Or I would like give her something that like, I know he hates. So like, it would be like, give him a blow job, tickle his balls. And also, you know, feel free to like talk about how like he, um, you know, needs to, uh, learn how to multitask better, you know, just to, kind of take him down a peg so he knows that like you know you're the one and you're the one who so makes funny. him feel great also she sucks not to be a i mean okay this these are all my insecurities flooding out though like i'm tall and skinny and i have small breasts like i could not we couldn't have a threesome with this girl who's like curvy and has big tits and a big ass i would like be devastated we can only have a threesome with a girl who like doesn't have a good body okay i honestly as you said that i was like it'd be kind of fun if it was like someone who is like like a like a female like power lifter? Like she has like quads for days. Like she's like athletic in the bedroom to where like she's gonna like spin us both like you know on her fingers. Yeah, like basketballs. 
Like there's okay. something kind of fun and like, you know, we're really in this. Like the tournament has begun. I that's began, so, like, begun. The, the, I don't know. The tournament has begun. I think I'm with you, Jamie. I think the only let okay, let's just make it like someone who's so opposite you to the point where you're like, I can't feel jealous because we could not compare less. Like her neck is as big as like my shoulder to yeah, shoulder. She has, like, traps. <laughs> <laughs> she has lady traps. Gal, you cracked the code. I think you're right. She's delts for days. Listen, if it was like Black China or whatever, yes, some of this these. Is, this is what I'm talking about. Yeah, okay, then maybe yes. But if it's like some just like. If she came in and she's like, listen up. <laughs> you get on your knees. You kiss my mouth. Go. You'd be like, oh, shit. Like we were getting whipped into shape. I think, okay, if you were going to have a threesome, would you want it to be you, um, your male partner, and a woman, or you, your male partner, and a male? Okay. I feel like my quick gut reaction was with another woman. However, gay porn is very hot, and there might be an element of just watching that unfold that I'm like, oh, shit. Like, Brokeback Mountain truly is, like, the hottest thing I've ever seen. Oh, two men hooking up is very hot. Oh, we saw Call Me By Your Name together, and we were, I mean, sliding off our seats, we were so wet. I mean, it was, like... the It's the hottest thing I've ever seen. That's hotter than blue is the warmest color. That is, like... Oh, uh, there's nothing hotter than Call Me By Your Name. What is that thing when you're kind of sick and you... Oh, there was, like, a humidifier in my undies. Oh, my God, yes. I got, like, a vaginal steam that day. I had to put Vicks Vapor Rub on your pussy. And it was non-sexual. It's just friends. No, no, no. It's just friends. friends. I was just helping you out. No tension. No, that's what you do for friends. I know. I think I would like to have two guys, but have them both just be like working on me, if you know oh, what I mean. Oh, that's fabulous. Yeah. Like I just lay there and then everyone's just focusing on moi. I also feel like, yes, I love that. I have, as you said that, I'm like, ooh, I would also be down to just lay there and have girls work on me. And then the guy just kind of walks off. <laughs> Actually, you know what? Is that a threesome or is that kicking my partner out of the equation? (laughs) We can't be sure. (laughs) I think that's just cheating. Gal, that's just cheating. You're like, I'm with another guy in Europe. <laughs> yeah. He's in LA. Hear me out. Hear me out. He Hear me out. In. Sure. We lose the connection (laughs) because we're in a cafe. We're having sex in a cafe. Oy, oy, oy. Hey, everybody, this is the B-Man, old B-W, from the World Record Podcast, and I'm here to let you know that me and my co-host, the A-Train, a.k.a. Hershey Hellman, took over office hours live this week. We came into the studio. We made it our own. We wrecked the place. I stole one of Tim Heidecker's guitars. So check out Office Hours Live on your podcast app of your choice or at youtube.com slash Office Hours Live this week and see what happens. Or go to worldrecordpodcast.com and you can watch the videos or join the Patreon, patreon.com backslash worldrecordpodcast. Enjoy the show! It's showtime! Moving on. Moving on. So after the threesome chat, we see what Samantha is up to. Banging a married guy whose wife designs modular furniture. Living for the detail. Lit thing. Charlotte is feeling sexier than ever in her relationship, and she's seriously considering having a threesome. Miranda talks to her therapist about how her friends don't want to fuck her, and then something kind of cuckoo kachoo happens. Carrie finds out that Big had a threesome once. With his ex-wife. Whoa, 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 whoa. Damn. Big was married before? What? What? 
What? Miranda and Samantha convince Carrie she needs to meet Big's ex. And so Carrie pulls a very bold move. She finds out Barbara, that's his ex, Barbara, works in publishing and decides to pitch her a book in order to, quote unquote, get five minutes with her. It's like the most psychotic plan. Oh, my God. Literally coming over the book pitch to make, meet your ex. This is a really kooky plot line. Little does she know, the woman publishes children's books, not the sexy adult kind Carrie will later in the series write. Quick, Carrie, pull a children's book pitch right out of your butt. Well, my story is about a little girl named Kathy. Little Kathy. And what makes little Kathy special? Well, um, she's got these magic cigarettes. She has magic cigarettes? Yes, little Kathy and her magic cigarettes. And whenever she lights up, she can go anywhere in the whole wide world, you know, Arabia, New Jersey. I mean, that, that stuff is all gonna be worked out, of course. You wanna write a children's book about smoking? Well, it's a, it's a children's book for adults. I love it. Okay. Um, a couple things. Uh, what do you think this uh, magic cigarette metaphor means, Rose? Is there something deeper going on with Carrie, or is she truly just like making it up as she goes? I think it's like unusual suspects when Kaiser Soze just like grabs whatever's on the wall and like. Yes. I think she's like, "Oh, cigarettes, Kathy." Uh, I mean, honestly, this. Why is didn't she prepare? If you're going in to pitch a fake book, why did why didn't she, she at least prepare a- an adult book? That's the problem. She uh, found out last night it was a kid. I still feel like she should have just been like, "Oh, I thought I was pitching." I don't know. I just feel like her being like, "Oh yeah, of course, a children's book." It just felt crazy to me. But you're right. You're right. You're right. So she, you think she did prepare a, a an adult book? Yes, which I think is fucking psychotic. It is. But it's also such a waste of time. Jamie, tell me if you you felt this way. I was so distracted in the scene because Big's ex-wife eyebrows, it was one hair oh my on god. each side. It was so 90s. They were plucked to an inch I of her life. I didn't even notice. Oh my god, I feel terrible. How did I not notice? Yeah, I was I'm like, so ashamed. I was like desperately trying to focus on the words. Wow. If you want to see some 90s brows, this is the episode. Yeah, go to Barbara. Go to Barbara. Wow. What did you think about this whole, like, her pitching a book to meet I the mean, ex it's, thing? it's absolutely crazy. I Okay, so I, I guess I wasn't paying close enough attention because I didn't realize that she did have an adult book prepared. Um, but even that is like, wait, you're a writer who actually has real deadlines. You have a real column. And then you're going to take, I mean, we've both, like, pitched thing. I I wrote a book like ridiculous. Feel free to buy it. Um, buy it. It's great. It's great. Um, but uh, and I do stand by it. I'm allowed to say it's great, even if it's my own book. I can it's say it's great. really fucking good. Um, but but yeah, I mean, it takes so much effort to prepare a pitch. I mean, that is just she did it in like a 13 minutes. Yeah. And I also was just like, why do you want to meet the ex so badly like what I I understand that it was her friends who put her up to it. But what is it that you're gaining from understanding who he used to be married to. What, why do you think she wanted to do that? I think she's, I think big makes her feel so insecure because he's so noncommittal. Oh, this is also before social media. I just realized that she yeah, can't so she like check stalk the her. Instagram. Yeah. I think wanting to get a glimpse of an ex is relatable, but I do think there's something, this is where it's like the fantasy of the show. It's like, yeah, I think because we're both writers, the idea of putting together a good pitch 
just to meet her. It's like, what if she sold the book and then she had to write a whole book? Like, and then you're working hand in hand with this woman. Yeah, I think it's actually pretty. I think it's a really fun plot line because it's so cuckoo bananas, goo goo gaga. But like in real life, if somebody did this, I'd be like, you're crazy. Yeah, you actually need to be checked into a into Bellevue. Yeah. You've lost it. Yeah. It's like the definition of a woman who's like obsessed with like that's that's it, yeah. worse than any kind of like it's, internet k-hole it is like the woman driving cross-country wearing a diaper to like go see that guy Wait, the astronaut. What? remember Wait, that story what? jamie what do you remember that story it was years ago the woman wearing a diaper to drive yeah. cross-country to Brett, see a guy do you remember that story yeah Brett what was it? it i know you're not on mic but i'll it's okay the astronaut, yeah. right? And she was obsessed with a man, so she drove cross country in a diaper. Oh yeah. Okay. So yeah, he was Wait. dating. Yeah. So he was dating a this new is astronaut. Crazy. Yeah. And she felt like astronaut competition, so she drove cross country. Didn't even like stop to pee. I guess. So she just like strapped on a diaper and like went for him. Goals. 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 I mean, hundred percent. Um, Cal, I love a crazy lady like with like eyes that are just like curly cues. Like, what's the? Do you have anything like where you just are like, I was out of my damn mind. I don't have anything that touches what Carrie's doing. <laughs> Here, but I have stalked. I, I what have you done? Well, my my what always feels like the craziest thing, um, and it, it it kind of is because it felt like a scene from a movie as it played out. So my in high school, my ex boyfriend Trent, who broke up with me, I was so devastated. He ended up dating this girl uh, who went to my school. I might have talked about this on the podcast. I apologize, listeners, if you've heard this. But anyways, he he ended up dating this girl who went to my school. She was like just very like cool and beautiful and all this stuff. And it was really heartbreaking. Anyways, so I would drive to his house oh, and park no. a few houses up and literally watch him and the girl <gasps> go into the house, like through my rear view mirror, oh, like a painful. psycho. And one time it was pretty sick. It was a pretty successful operation. Most <laughs> of the time he never saw me, but there was one time where she saw me. Oh. I locked eyes with her in my rear view, oh. sped away and hit a mailbox in my brand new car that my parents had just bought for me for my 16th birthday. Cal, you were like a living rom-com klutz. Yeah. I couldn't believe I crashed. I was like, okay, yeah, stalking, but I crashed uh, into a mailbox. Like this is straight out of a movie. Cal, Nancy Myers is like, thank you. I know. I'll put that in. Except it took place in like kind of a shitty neighborhood in Dallas. And she only like likes the Hamptons or whatever. But Gal, I feel like the next thing you're going to do is tell me that you like spilled hot coffee on like a lawyer who ended up like representing you on a oh case. Oh my God. And then pa sleeping with you. Pages of my important legal documents went everywhere, just a flurry, and he helped me collect them, and that's how we met. Wouldn't it be funny if somebody was so desperate trying to date the normal way that they just started purposely trying to hit cute guys with their car? Oh, my God. And by wouldn't it be funny, I meant I've done that. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> no, I don't, think I've any, I've, I don't think I've done anything banana. I think all the bananas things I've done have been in my own head. Sure. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, and also I'm like... I can't remember any of it. I'm also so grateful that I don't have any more current examples. Like, it's nice that I'm like, when I was 16, it's, it's like, like Carrie's like fucking 35, <laughs> and she's like <laughs> plotting on a psychopathic level. I'll just never... I also just think like, what a work ethic to be like, I'll do anything. I'll even I'll write, write like a 400-page proposal. <laughs> yeah, over the next couple of months. Whatever it takes. But yeah, a children's book for adults too. It's like, what? 
I do think it's a little weird, though, because it seems they don't say it hasn't been spoken how long Carrie and Big are dating. But I think finding out that someone has an ex is something you find out like on the third date or something. And that I'm really glad you brought that up, because I think I think the most horrifying thing here is not that he has an ex-wife, but that he didn't mention he was married because I dated someone who used to be married. And that he also didn't reveal to me until maybe like two weeks in that he had been married and it did feel like a really big gut punch, especially cause this was when I was in my twenties and like hearing that's, you know, now if you it's date someone deal. who's been married, not that it's easy, but you're kind of like, well, that yeah, we're sense. a little older yeah. and like people have a couple of different lives, like whatever it was his past. But back then it's like no one I knew was married. So for him to be like, I was, and I'm also your boyfriend and I have been married. I was just like, Whoa, that's a curveball. It really, that was the part. I, Secrets I just, just fucking don't feel good. It. No, they don't. Right. Yeah. Oof. Okay, as we go. As the episode progresses, Samantha's married dude calls her to say, I left my wife for you. Samantha's like, gross. The wife even calls Samantha to be like, let's all have sex together if that's what will make my shitty husband happy. Ew, double gross. Not the kind of threesome Samantha's looking for. Carrie ends up having lunch with Barbara to discuss little Kathy, which, shocker, is not moving forward as a project. (gasps) But Barbara wants to be friends. Her and Carrie have a four-hour lunch, and we learn that Barbara and Big divorced because Big cheated on her with her best friend. He's a real winner, you guys. I mean, everything about this is insane. Charlotte finally has a threesome, and it's not hot. Her dude and the other woman hook up so hard that they physically kick Charlotte off the bed and onto the floor. Hilarious. Now it's Miranda's turn to get in on some group sex. She answers an ad in the paper to be a third wheel, a sexual wheel, might I add, and shows up at a bar to meet the couple. Hi. Why did we leave? Most of the women who who answered our ad, well, they were, you know, kind of... But ugly. Yeah. Oh, nothing like you. Thanks. We've never done anything like this before. It's a a huge fantasy of of Mark's. I offered to do it for his his 30th birthday. Whatever happened to giving a nice pen? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, are you doing anything tonight? Uh... Let me just be clear here. You want to do a threesome with me? <laughs> you know, if you're busy, we understand. You know. Miranda, I, I, I'm just, I'm having a little trouble understanding, and maybe you can help me out with this, why Miranda is equating someone wanting to have a threesome with her with her value and worth. Like, it's, I mean, it's almost like, I, I don't know. I I don't know why that's bumping me. Like, I think, yeah, obviously, like, if you're with a partner and they're really into you, that, you know, that makes you feel, like, a- attractive and, you know, desired. But she seems really focused on, like, if someone wants me to be a part of their threesome, that means that I am, like, the bee's effing knees. And yeah. that's kind of bumping you. A little. Yeah, I know what you mean. I think it's really just that I think... I've never had a group of friends like this. I usually just have like close friends here and there. Same pockets of different groups. Yes. And I think group dynamics are really tricky. And if you have four friends, there's always going to be little alliances. And it always feels really traumatic to be left out in any way. That's so fucking genius. You're so right. And so I think that they're all having this little moment without they're kind of having a threesome without her, you know, Uh, prayer hand emoji. 
That Mic is drop. so dead on. Yes. So I just think You're Miranda so feels right. left out. Yeah. And I, I think it's also highlighting something that Miranda feels. The show is so interesting, too, because in real life, Cynthia Nixon, it took her a journey to find out that she's actually bisexual or queer. I'm not sure how she identifies. But you can see her as the character struggling with this, too. Yeah, it does feel like maybe the writers were aware of that and they were writing to that. Yeah, I think good actors also like make things their own. And I think on shows that survive, eventually the writers and the actors, they start to kind of meld and like you start to kind of create characters that make sense for that person. And this entire show, Miranda really like she dresses very boyishly. She really struggles with men. She really struggles with her sexuality and fitting in and feeling comfortable. And like, I have a feeling that that was like also happening. Yes. Yeah. It feels like they were drawing from real life. In general, I think the reason the show resonates with so many people is all of the examples of things that characters are going through or situations they're in, maybe with the exception of Kathy and her magic cigarettes, um, all feel very specific, like something that happened to one of the writers. You can hear it being pitched in the room. Like one time this insane thing happened to me and then they tell it and then it goes in the show. Like it all just feels so specific and it doesn't feel, the comedy is never broad on this show. Um, So I I think that it would be it would be sort of out of character for the show uh, to not sort of be pulling from reality when it comes to Miranda's storyline. Yeah, and uh, Jenny Bix, shout out to Jenny Bix, uh, somebody that Jenny. Je- uh, Jamie and Sorry. I both know. She wrote this episode, <laughs> and she told me when I met her, she said the entire room was women in their twenties and thirties, and literally every day sharing their dating stories, and that's how the entire show was created. Oh, we have to have her on. I know. I also think that something that really must be mentioned that is so funny and you could hear it in the clip is like I understand being excited about finding a good looking woman to be in a threesome but they were literally like <gasps> she was like oh my god oh my I was like you it's guys birthday and they're like oh, wow you are wow you're beautiful it's like oh, it's oh. like uh, like Minnie Mouse on Molly yeah exactly <laughs> yeah they were also like already having the threesome they're like oh, oh. <laughs> it was like screaming Jay Hawkins or oh something oh my god like, rolling in the Jesus. dirty little piglet poops I'm like, and also like, yeah, I just, and not, uh, yeah, anyway, just being that excited that an attractive woman wants to, it's like, you guys need to get out more if you think that Miranda is like the most incredible thing in the world. I mean, the reaction, (laughs) yeah, and then, okay, I have a question though, why, so Miranda, after this happens, after they say, we want to have a threesome with you, essentially, she doesn't go through with it, she leaves, like she was just doing it for the validation um, which I think is it's kind of bullshit. It's like, why not do it? Just do it. You're there. Miranda. They're attractive. They're, they're both cute. And they're also so into you. Like, I feel like it's almost like what you were saying earlier. It's like, I just want to like lay there and have these two just like ravage Feast me on my body. Yeah. Just cannibalize the shit out of me. It's like musky meat. Anyone? Yeah. <laughs> How about a thigh? Musky treasures. Yeah. At your service. A thigh and a wing. Yeah. I actually think when, now that we're rewatching the show, it's a little more conservative than we think because the show seems so sexy and edgy, but most of, everyone except Samantha is like pretty tight. They bail. They they consider ideas and bail. Yeah, that's the whole show. Yeah. Sex and City. Consider sexy ideas and then don't do them. Yeah. Even, and it's amazing that Carrie, I mean, I know we said this at the beginning of the episode. Carrie is a sex writer. And I mean, she doesn't do anything but like mish posish. With big. You know, That's the vibe I'm getting. I think the craziest, like, I think the most, like, risque thing about her is, like, the curls. 
Yeah, and she straightened her hair this episode, and everyone's like, whoa, whoa, what? Like, it is, she's a little, she's a little stiff, to be honest, for like a sensual, you know, New York floozy. Oh, I don't know. It's false advertising. Falsies. You know what? We also have to mention that we have not mentioned Hmm. is that even though, and that was such a funny scene, it was also like literally watching my nightmare play out, but the Charlotte scene where her boyfriend, who, by the way, hopefully you might just be listening to this, but if you did just watch it. Her boyfriend has the weirdest face. He looks it like a monkey. So, it is so hard to look at. It. It's I don't it's even. It's a strange foss. Yeah, it's a strange foss, and also he. Yeah, all the men. I wonder if it's kind of intentional. Like all of the men on this show, with the exception of Big, I guess he's kind of like classically decent he's good looking. looking yeah. um, are just odd. It's all this like character actor. I think Steve's hot. Is that insane? Yeah, a little. It is? Yeah. But oh it's my okay. God. Well, we're skipping ahead. Okay. But anyway. Oh, yeah. Wow. How so, dare you mention Steve this early? I mean, no that'll, one be, knows. that'll be a whole, a whole, uh, big kill surprise. Yes. No, but I think that it's really important to mention that even though Charlotte is the prude one, and even though it went badly, she was game for the threesome. She yeah. she she tried it. She did try it. Yeah, and I mean, this goes back to my opinion in earlier episodes of how, like, Charlotte is actually, she sort of has a, a prissy disposition, but her actions a are... A position? Yeah, but her actions are quite open and bohemian. Yes, agreed. Yeah. Is that the right use of the word bohemian? I mean, I don't yes. actually know what that word means. It's from the people I just of Bohemia. throw it around loosely. Gal, you did a great un, job. Unresearched. Uh, okay. Well, this brings us to the question of the episode, which is Are threesomes the new sexual frontier? Are they? I don't even know what that means. Um, That's I, what Carrie asked. I think Carrie's just saying, like, is this the next hot thing? I think with sexual stuff, Anything that's out of the small box that I like to swim in, the small little jacuzzi pool for one. Right, right, right. The little koi pond. Yeah. Besides the little koi pond that makes me feel comfortable, I think anything outside of that, people are always being like, is this the new thing? People will be talking about this for years. The new frontier, it's like, I mean, there's only so many things you can do in the bedroom, honestly, like before you start involving like toys and contraptions. Like foods. So it's like threesome is like, kind of like that's one of the options you like add another person I don't know I don't think it's that revolutionary uh, and it doesn't feel new even even back then and in, in they've the been doing it in ancient Greece exactly I'm just like yeah like the group sex is a thing I don't know I don't yeah the way Carrie's like it's you know really like sweeping the times we're living in it's like no it's always been there you're just kind of like waking up to it I think to return to our earlier convo the more we talk about threesomes the more I feel like the only situation that I would do it in is if I'm I'm the single one. Right. And they say that in the episode. I loved how they, they said, uh, like, you want to be the guest star. You don't want to be, like, the lead role. And I think that that's probably true. I think being the guest star is, like, then you're not dealing with, you know, complicated relationship dynamics. And hopefully, you know, you are with a couple that's very open and loving and, like, communicative. But also there might be that situation where you're like, oh, like, you guys need to figure your shit out before you add a third person. You just get there and they're just both like, well, you know what else? I feel like if I was the unicorn, as they call it, or the third, I would tell That's the term? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. A couple looking for a unicorn is looking for a single woman who would want to sleep with them. 
Okay. Great. If I'm a unicorn, I literally need the star treatment. Like when I walk in and take my clothes off, I need like a like a round of applause. Mm -hmm. I need gasps at my body. Right. <gasps> She's gorgeous. Yeah. Oh, yes. I need to do a full turn and them just like ooing and aahing. You need them to like put out a little like ice skating rink so you can like do a couple of like spins Triple and twists. Axles. And they're just like, brava, look at her go. Look at her glide. <laughs> yeah. I'm down to do it, but I just need like we just need to have like a chat before about like the level of big deal they're going to make. I have a feeling, and we're speaking as two inexperienced people essentially talking out of their asses, um, that yes. probably, you know, communication is key in a threesome. Yeah. Uh, on on both sides. Communication's key kind of all the time. Shout out, to, shout out to communication. Okay, so Sex in the City is obviously a very horny show, so we end each episode by sharing what we're currently horny for. Rose, what are you horny for right now? Okay, well, I only want to say one, but I have two, so I'm going to let you choose. <gasps> one of them's kind of like superficial beauty thing, and then another one is a television show. Okay, I say go superficial beauty. Great, perfect. That's kind of what I want to talk about. Okay, here. great. Um, so next week, I am starring and hosting and directing a web series. Okay, called, fabulous. Thank you, called Inside Intimacy for Soul Pancake. Um, and so... Wait, Inside Intimacy for... Uh, for the this company oh, called Soul company Pancake. Oh, the company is Soul Pancake. I was yeah, like, what is a soul com company? Okay, okay, okay. okay and great, it's a digital great, company great. and Inside Intimacy is a woman on the street show where it's a little bit similar to the podcast where I talk to people about big questions and we like get to the bottom of them with humor and heart. Love it. And um, so when you're on camera, I mean, obviously you always want to look good, but when you're on camera, every single part of you is like HD times a thousand. So I got my hair dyed, I did my nails and... I got Botox again. It's the second time I've done it. And I have to say I'm horny for Botox because even though I might die in a year of like toxins in my forehead, sure. it'll be worth it. Yeah. Because it's my forehead looks go. great. And it's very still your forehead. Thank you. It's still. Well, but she doesn't have wrinkles you the also point. have really nice movement in your eyebrows. They did a good placement because sometimes people get it in a weird spot and it makes the ends of their eyebrows go up and they kind of have this like Spock look. No. And I think you no do one not can tell that, that I have it. I, I, I absolutely, if you didn't say it, I wouldn't notice. I openly talk about it because I want people to know that if someone over 30 looks really good and doesn't have wrinkles, most likely they have Botox. I yes. just want people to know that so they don't feel bad. So they're like, oh my God, why do I have wrinkles? That person on TV doesn't. If they're on TV, they have it. Also, not even over 30, a lot of people in their 20s as well. That's true. Yeah, so, especially in like the era of the Kardashians. Yeah. There's a I, lot of a lot of uh, filler, filler, filling in and freezing. Yeah, I mean, no one knows like the long-term effects. Like my kids might have flippers, but like yeah. I'm fine with it. I think I look better. It makes me Everyone more attractive. dolphins. Thank you. So I'm horny for Botox because it improves my my self-confidence on screen. I think it makes me look better. I love that. Thanks. Yeah. I just want to just uh, piggyback off of that notion, which is uh, I think it's really important on this show in general. I think it's great to put out there what our beauty regimens are, even if it involves needles and, you know, hyaluronic acid being shot into our faces. Like we should be talking about it because to me, that is the one thing that really bums me out about the Kardashians is like, I feel like they kind of touch on the fact that they like, get touch-ups here and there but if they were just like open about exactly what they were doing in this kind of vulnerable way I, I would probably like them more yeah I just think that it's it, yeah. helpful to be transparent so people we're all comparing each other anyways and it's like it's helpful to know it's not that that person's just I mean this all goes back to the idea that I think with enough money anyone can be beautiful but that's I mean, a that's very dramatic 100% true <laughs> I just think it's, it's true. true I've seen very rich people and I'm like they're like 
I think they're like maybe early 40s and they're like, no, I'm 67. And you're like, oh, <laughs> what? Incredible. Okay. Yeah. Jamie, what are you horny for this week? Uh, well, I am horny for a show. I'm horny for Fleabag <gasps> season two. That was going to be mine. I had okay, a feeling. That's why it. I chose the beauty one. Good, good. I am, I'm not done with it. I'm about four episodes deep, but it is just a, I mean, I, I don't, it's a masterpiece. Like, the cinematography is beautiful. The acting is beautiful. Um, it's complicated. There's a, a love story line that is just breathtaking. so breathtaking, hot, complicated, beautifully acted, so real. And then the comedy, the comedy is so like, it's just, yeah, it's so funny. It's so dark. It's so, it's just so good. And it, and, and, and I have, a show that I'm working on right now. Um, I can't talk about it fully, but um, I have a show coming out on a streaming service that rhymes with schmlet schmlicks and wet, wet licks, wet licks. And uh, yeah, I, you know, it's my, my show is, you don't know. I don't know why I said, mm-hmm. you know, um, my show is going to be an unscripted show, but I'm very interested right now in like how directing can impact and elevate a series and um, Fleabag is very inspirational to me. There might be some little things that I sort of steal from them and pepper into my own shit. And I just think that's a healthy homage to a really great project. And Phoebe Waller-Bridge is an icon. Um, I'm glad that you shared that. Uh, All of our friends are writers and literally my entire text messages are just like, holy fuck, season two is so good. I mean, it is Apart from it's Sex and the, City, it's the best show on television it, of all time. It's like, like a theatrical masterpiece. And she did Fleabag on Broadway, I believe. Is that right? She started she's, it. It grew out of the an Edinburgh Fringe Fest one-woman show. Okay. So she just did it. She did a short run, though, I think yes. on Broadway? Yes, yes, or yes, was yes. it in London? She did it in London at the Soho yes. something. And then she took it to New York. Well, I This mean, is the last of it. This, this is the end. This, I know. And this, the first season didn't feel as much like a play as this season. And this season feels like great theater, but coming through your television. And I'm not even a big like theater head. I, I I enjoy it, but I don't have that like deep appreciation for it that some people have. And I'm not like a frequent play seer, um, but playgoer, play seer. But uh, yeah, this is this feels as close to the best play I've ever seen than anything I've watched on television. It's really next level. I completely agree. I think also there's like discussions about like what's important as an artist and it's making your art and, you know, having your craft. But I also think a huge important part of being an artist is absorbing great art and seeing things that really inspire you to get to get you wanting to make stuff. And watching Fleabag, I think for me and and, and all of our community and our friends is like watching Fleabag is like. It just feels like fresh water. It's just like, oh my god, this mm. is the goal. This is the this is the level that we want to be at. This is why we're doing this. So I love that you said that. It is the goal, and I love that it's six episodes. You know, my my show is again. I, my show is nothing like Fleabag. It's based on my book, and I'll have more it's details Bag on it. Of fleas. Yeah, it's totally different. <laughs> totally different though. Um, but no, it, it's, it's a completely. It couldn't be more different, but. Um, but it is kind of nice to have, I think as writers, we're always like just trying to collect references, you know, like even if we're watching stuff we don't love, it's still like something we're filing away in sort of our like mental, me- mental filofax um, to then later pull out and be like, oh, I either wanted to like 
be like this or not be like this. And like even the music. Her sister did the music. Yeah. The music the, is stunning. And the editing is amazing. So, oh my God. Also, like it's not important, but I think she's beautiful. Oh, she's radiant. She's radiant. Did I make sense just then? Yeah. Okay. Philofax threw me, but I'm in. I'm back I just in. meant like when, when you're a writer, you're always like trying to collect as many. You want to see as much stuff of course. to know, at least be able to say, I want my project to be like that. Or I don't want my project course, to be absolutely. like that. Absolutely. I think it's so important to just like watch as much stuff as possible. And like, yeah, Fleabag is and it's like not proving that, to be a great reference. And it's not that often that you watch something that like is like, this is the reason why I want to do this stuff. And that's that kind of show. Yes, it has, I mean, intense artistic integrity. Also, Oof. like, one thing that's kind of... And point of view. The point of view is so strong. There's such an, like, an auteurship to Fleetbag. Anyway, sorry, go ahead. nothing else like it. I completely agree. And another thing that we just... I mean, Jamie and I could, like, do 10 more hours of this. We won't. But I have to say, also, like... Something that's really hard is to be very, very funny and also truly dramatic. Like, she's so funny, but then there are these incredible twists and turns and conflicts that you only see in, like, very good dramas. And the fact that she's that funny and that good at drama, I mean... There's so many dramedies on TV and everyone wants to make a dramedy, but usually they're either like not that funny or not that dramatic. And she actually excels on both. Yeah. And I think that, again, I feel ridiculous. Talk about your show. I know. But it, but the reason is because I just went through this week. I was just interviewing showrunners and this was before I saw Fleabag. But I, I was very insistent on like whatever drama is on our show comedy has to run alongside it, but they can't cross into each other's lanes. I like the idea of keeping the drama as dramatic as possible and also making the comedy as funny as possible, not necessarily even subverting. I mean, you're, you are kind of subverting the drama with the comedy, but really like having that dance and not feeling ashamed to lean into the drama. Love. And, and I think that in a way watching the show is like, Oh yeah, that's possible. You can totally do both. You yeah. can a hundred percent do both. Both can excel run alongside each other. Like, you know, the cars ride at Disneyland. Oh guys, that is our show. And we love you. And this was fabulous. I love you. Love you. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Couldn't Help a Wonder. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at chbwpod, and follow my co-host Rose Cerno on Insta and Twitter at Rose Cerno. And please follow my co-host Jamie at Really Jamie Lee on Instagram and at The Jamie Lee on Twitter. And please rate, review, subscribe to our show on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app. If you're nasty, it helps us. It helps you. It helps everyone. You're nasty. Bye. Bye. Forever. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. Engineered and mastered by Alex Sarchet. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook. <laughs>